Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew preaches part four of this mini-sermon series, Reality vs. Fantasy, with this message entitled, The Lord of History. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Revelations chapter five. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. The Lord of History, that's the subject. Jesus Christ, the Lion and the Lamb. The late Professor George Ladd of Fuller Seminary stated, and I quote, apart from the person and redeeming work of Jesus Christ, history is an enigma. The Christian view of history articulated by St. Augustine in his City of God prevailed until the Enlightenment. But no more. Listen to what Rudolf Bultmann says in his book, History and Eschatology. And I quote, we cannot claim to know the end and goal of history. Therefore, the question of meaning in history has become meaningless. Well, that's nothing new. The preacher in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, told us, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Unless you remember your Creator. Unless you view all things in terms of our God. And so I want to tell you, Jesus Christ alone is the Lord and meaning of all history. Revelation 4 introduced us to the reality of the one who is seated on the throne, God the Father. And Revelation 5, which we read, introduces us to the Lion of Judah, who has triumphed over all his enemies. Lion of Judah, who alone is worthy in all the universe to execute the eternal plan of God contained in the seven-sealed scroll which was on the right hand of the one seated on the throne. The plan has to do with the history of the world. It has to do with the redemption of the people of God the judgment of the devil and his angelic and human followers, the creation of new heaven and new earth, and God's kingdom in its eschatological manifestation. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians and let me read it to you. This plan of God revealed therein, chapter 1, 9 through 11. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him 
we were also chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will let's turn to second timothy chapter 1 9 and 10 but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God verse 9 who has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done but because of his own purpose and grace that's that book on his right hand the scroll seven sealed scroll this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time but it was now, it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The worthy one, we are told in chapter 5 of Revelation, is both the Lion of Judah, who is the root of David, as well as the lamb, looking as he had been slain. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ alone is the savior of the world and the sovereign of the world. We are told here he is the lion of Judah. And you read Genesis 49, 9 through 10. He is the king of Judah. The lion who rules and roars. The lion who conquers and devours and defeats. The lion who wages war against all enemies of God and his church. And the lion who triumphs over all enemies. So turn with me to chapter 5 of Revelation. Verse 5, then one of the elders said to me, do not weep, see the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David has conquered has triumphed triumphed over what you must ask triumphed over all the enemies of God so we are told Jesus Christ has waged war against all his enemies when did that happen when he died on the cross Thus Jesus Christ defeated all his enemies, the devil, sin, death, and the world. His death on the cross was no defeat, it was his triumph. He is the Lion of Judah and he is the Root of David. He is the Son of David, but he is also the Lord of David. He alone is worthy to execute all God's plan for the world and his elect so he comes to the father and takes the scroll from his hand to fulfill all God's purposes for this universe by coming and taking the scroll from the hand of the father this act indicates that his will the will of Jesus Christ is the same as the father's will there is absolutely no conflict. So in the midpoint of time, Jesus Christ became incarnate to do the Father's will revealed in the scriptures. And Isaiah prophesied 
53.10 The will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. Jesus taught us to pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He prayed at Gethsemane not my will but thine be done. By his incarnation he has triumphed over all his enemies. Turn with me to the book of Colossians chapter 2 and beginning with verse 14 having cancelled the written code with its regulation that was against us and that stood opposed to us he the Lord Jesus Christ took it away nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross and turn with me to the book of Hebrews Chapter 2, 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in the humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. The triumphant Christ. And turn to 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. And that tells you the purpose of Christ's incarnation. He who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. We tell you he is both the lion and lamb. Thank God. To John he looked like a lamb as if he had been slain. But he is standing. He is alive forevermore. So the gospel declares so. That Christ died for our sins and he was buried. And he was raised from the dead according to the scriptures on the third day. The lion of Judah and the root of David triumphed and therefore he alone is worthy in the entire universe to execute God's decree and God's plan and God's will contained in the scroll remember he said in John 16 rejoice I have what overcome the world as if he had been slain. Yes, Jesus said so. Revelation 1. Do not be afraid. Verse 17. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. But behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Don't weep. There is one who is worthy. The Lion of Judah has triumphed over death, over devil, over sin, over the world. But he is also the Lamb. And notice it has seven horns and seven eyes. The Lamb is omnipotent and omniscient. The Lamb is God. He is of irresistible might and wisdom. He triumphed and he will triumph. He will triumph over you. 
is he has seven horns a horn stands for power seven means fullness of it he has eyes seven of them means omniscience he is filled with the spirit of God without limit turn with me to Revelation chapter 6 let me give you this combination of lion and lamb Revelation 6.15 through the end then the kings of the earth powerful powerful people of the earth kings of the earth the princes the generals the rich the mighty and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains they call to the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand omnipotent and omniscient God of irresistible power and wisdom turn to the 17th chapter of Revelation verse 14 let me read to you they will make war against the land <laughs> are you making war against the land let me tell you you will lose but the lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings and with him will be his called chosen and faithful followers you will lose if you want to triumph surrender surrender to him the four living creatures and 24 elders we are told fell down before the lamb they worship the lamb singing a new song a new song means song of the new order celebrating the new order of redemption and look at verse 9 chapter 5 first thing is you are worthy axios a axios worthy in the book of Revelation it is only applied to the father and the son you are worthy and look at verse 12 the same worthy is the lamb worthy for worship that's what worship means to recognize the worth of the one and only God in three persons and sing his praise listen to his word pray to him declare his praises and so on he is the only worthy one in God's universe. The sinless son of God and son of David who perfectly obeyed God. And he alone is the Lord of history. Reject him. You will sink into the despair of meaninglessness. And would say eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we shall die. And it says... Take a look at verse 9. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. Meaning Jesus Christ alone executes God's eternal plan for the universe. Nobody else. Not even Michael, not even Gabriel, not four living creatures, 24 elders. Mediates and mediates and mediates of holy angels. Nobody. And we are given the reason. Because... Notice, because. 
you were slain. As the Lamb of God, he was crucified. He was slaughtered. That's what it means for sacrifice. He was our Passover lamb slain for our salvation. His blood was applied to the top and both sides of the door frame and its roasted meat was eaten. Thus we were spared from death. Christ died for our sins. He died a substitutionary death and a sacrificial death and an atoning death because the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord he died our death our eternal death therefore we are justly justified Then we are told, you purchased men. It is speaking about the fact that Christ redeemed us from our slavery to sin and Satan. By paying a ransom. We have been set free forever by Jesus Christ. He is our kinsman and redeemer. Sin shall not have dominion over you. The devil can do no harm against you. Set free. And this idea is given to us in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. A familiar verse. And what does that tell you? For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You purchased men. The Lord Jesus Christ purchased men. And what's the price he paid? Of course it is understood. The price he paid was not the blood of bulls and goats, not silver or gold. Our redemption price was the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Turn with me to First Peter, chapter one, verse eighteen and nineteen. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Or turn to the book of Acts and listen to what St. Paul is saying to the elders of the church of Ephesus. Acts 20 and verse 28. An amazing phrase appears here. Keep watch over yourselves and the old flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherd of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. God's blood. And what was the purpose of this purchase? Look verse 9 and verse 10. And you will notice a Greek phrase, to theo. To God, to God. 
And with your blood you purchased men for God. And then verse 10. You have made them to be kingdom and priests for God. Now let's understand something. If you have been redeemed by Christ. God didn't redeem you to set you free. So you can go and be autonomous and do your own thing. Not accountable to anybody. That is not what redemption is all about sir. You've been purchased for God. So the purpose is that you belong to God. That you serve God. That you are God's inheritance and God's portion. You are a peculiar people. Mean people of God's own possession. The purpose is not autonomy. The purpose is to belong to another master God. We belong to God. We are his to serve him. Forever and ever and ever. And we do so with great delight. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. There St. Paul understands this truth. And he tells us. Verse 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Whom you have received from God. You are not your own sir. Young man, young girl, old people, whoever you are. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore honor God with your body. And we are told in this chapter the body is for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. You serve God, he'll take care of you. Or 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 23. You read the other day. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Then we are told, if you look at it from every tribe, language, people, and what? Nation. Notice he did not purchase every human being without exception. But everyone without distinction he purchased. Church is an international body without national, political, cultural, or racial distinction. He purchased his elect. Elect are those who have been given by the Father to the Son to redeem. Turn with me to the book of John. Chapter 6. Verse 37, 39 and 43. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me I will never drive away. I will save in other words. And 39. And this is the will of him who sent me that I shall lose none of all that he has given me. But raise him up at the last day. And verse 43. Stop grumbling. And verse 44. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up on the last day. You didn't come to save everybody. Everybody is not going to be saved. But he will surely save all those whom the Father gave it to the Son to do so. Father's donation. And so you read it. John 17, 2, 6, 9 and 24. 
Let me just read verse 2 of John 17. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. And then we are told, take a look at the text, 5, 9, and 10. You made them. The Lord Jesus Christ made them, made us, appointed us. We were nothing. We were zeros. We were despised. We were dogs, dead dogs. And God set his love upon us and saved us. And his son made us, appointed us. Elevated us. He came to our dunghill and ash heap and took us up and brought us into the heavenly places and seated us with Christ. You made them. You didn't deserve any of these things. You made them. Made what? Well, it is the fulfillment of what we read in Exodus 19 and verse 6. A passage applied to the Jewish people now is applied to all people of God. Look at 19 of Exodus and, and verse 6. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. You made them first kingdom. You made them kingdom. Now, listen to me. You made them kingdom. What does that mean? It means the Lord Jesus Christ has a kingdom. He rules. And we are his kingdom. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And by God's mercy, we confess that confession. He said, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Lord Jesus Christ, rule me. We are his kingdom. The idea is we embrace his beneficent rule. He has a kingdom. And we are his kingdom. Hallelujah. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We are placed in the kingdom. We don't kick against the pricks. We don't despise or rebel against God's rule. Remember his prayer, thy kingdom come. And thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If only you understand the nature of his rule, you will embrace it. Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The kingdom of God. Is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, sir. You made them kingdom. We are God's kingdom by our Redeemer. We are made God's kingdom by our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. This means we are ruled by Christ. And all our needs are taken care of. Hallelujah. If you are not ruled by Christ, if you do not obey Christ, you are not redeemed by Him. You are not purchased by Him. God didn't make you kingdom. You do not belong to Him. How do you know that you 
have been made kingdom because you love him and love his rule you submit to his book and his word you are not autonomous you have jettisoned that long ago for the rule of Christ not only that you made them priests we are told here take a look at it priests Christ the royal high priest has made us priests for God what does that mean in Jesus Christ we have direct and immediate access to God to worship him and offer sacrifices turn with me to the book of Hebrews that speaks about this chapter 4 and verse 16 let us then approach see we are priests let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need priesthood of all believers men and women we can come into the holy of holies in the name of Christ hallelujah and God is delighted to see you he wants to commune with you you see turn with me to Hebrews 10 let me read to you from beginning with verse 19 therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the what the blood of Jesus by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body and since we have a great high priest over the house of God let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water come on draw near to God in Jesus Christ because you've been made priests to offer sacrifices turn to first Peter chapter 2 verse 5 and 9 chapter 2 verse 5 you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood that's why we oppose any form of Christianity that doesn't preach the priesthood of all believers notice like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ that's what we are doing right now we came we prayed we worshiped we gave and we are listening to his word we are worshiping the worthy one now look at verse 9 first Peter 2 but you are a chosen people what a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light that's what you do you are functioning as priests when you proclaim the gospel as God's priests let's turn to the book of Hebrews again chapter 13 we preached from this uh, before but it speaks something about sacrifices we can offer through Jesus therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise sacrifice consisting in praise the fruit of lips that confess his name and verse 16 and do not for uh, to do good and to share with others for with such sacrifices now we are talking about helping one another such sacrifices God is pleased 
we have some sacrifices to offer. Turn with me to the book of Philippians chapter 4. And the Saint Paul also deal with this. Chapter 4 and verse 18. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. Speaking about money and other stuff. They are what a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Or turn with me to Romans 12. We have a sacrifice to offer. And what is it therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer what? Your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service. You offer your bodies in service to God. So your work when you go to work your work is a sacrifice to God. Everything that we do is a sacrifice. But that's not all. The Lord Jesus Christ made us kings. Turn with me uh, to, to verse 10 of chapter 5 of Revelation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. And they will reign on the earth. In the Greek text it can be in the present tense. They reign upon the earth. You also find they will reign upon the earth. So that means we are kings. Isn't that true? Because we are in the kingdom, <laughs> when we embrace the rule and ministry of King Jesus and our royal high priest, we are also made what? Priests and kings. Isn't that wonderful? Let's praise it. On earth, blessed are the meek, we read Psalm 37, verse 11. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. The earth belongs to us and in due time it will be ours. It will be a new heaven and a new earth. Where dwells righteousness, tells us St. Peter, it is ours. It's not anybody else's, it is ours. We rule on the earth, even now we rule on the earth, sir. And we will rule later when he comes again. He ruled with Christ. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 21. To him who overcomes I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Oh, isn't that wonderful? There is only one throne. Yeah. Father is seated there. Son is seated there. And we are seated there. Let me tell you, authority, government, is the most important issue in the whole world. And I mean the government of God. There are no different authorities. There is only one authority of our God. And turn to chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. Verse 4, I saw throne, thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And verse 6. Blessed are and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. But they will be priests of God and of Christ. And will reign with him. And you read the same thing elsewhere. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He is king of kings and lord of lords. His victory is our victory. And we are kings under him. We rule with him. 
Already we are told in chapter 2 of Ephesians verse 6, we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sir, Father is seated, Son is seated, and the church is seated. To reign and to rule and to judge, St. Paul understood, and he speaks about this. You will judge the world, 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 2. Let me ask you, why are we discouraged? Why are we anxious? Why are we fearful? If only you understood what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. He was slain. And he purchased. And he made us kingdom, priests and kings. The lion and the lamb has conquered all his enemies and our enemies. He is the conqueror. He is the Lord of history. His victory is our victory. And he made us kingdom. He made us priests. He made us kings. Now who were we? Let's find out who were. First Corinthians 1. Just for. It's always good to know. The rock from which we are hewn. It'll keep you humble a little bit. You know. Especially when you get promotion. You don't need to read the Bible when you are demoted. But when you get promoted. You have to read the Bible. To keep us humble. We were made kingdom, priests and kings. Who were we? So 1 Corinthians 1 beginning with 26. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what? The foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things. And the things that are not. Meaning what? Big zeros. Things that are not. To nullify things that are so that no one may boast before him. And it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God, righteousness, holiness and redemption. Away with all miseries and gloom and fear. Rise up. O men and women of God, sons and daughters of God, kings and priests of God, rise up. Shake off. All anxiety and misery and rebellion. Know who you are and what God has made of you. Let us join the four living creatures, 24 elders and millions and millions of holy angels and all creation to sing and worship the one seated on the throne and the Lamb, the worthy one, our Savior and Lord. Saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God, almighty, the eternal one, creator of all, redeemer of all, Lord of all, you alone are worthy to receive thanksgiving, power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, praise, and all dominion. You made us your sons and daughters by adoption. You made us your kingdom, priests and kings. You destroyed the devil. You destroyed death which we well deserved and you brought immortality we were not wise influential of noble birth we were foolish weak lowly despised zeros of the world we were dogs dead dogs we were enemies of god but you clothed us with the dignity of your righteousness and gave us a rich inheritance. You told us not to be anxious. You told us fear not. 
So we do not fear. We are not anxious. We rejoice in you and we trust you now and in the hour of our death. And we fall down. We cast our crowns before you. We worship you. For you are God our Father. You are God our Son. You are God the Holy Spirit, the author and giver of life. You are creator, redeemer, Lord, Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Shall we rise? Let me ask you some question. Did Jesus Christ die for you? Something to think about. I said he didn't die for everybody. But the question is, did Jesus Christ die for you? Second, did Jesus Christ purchase you? Did he pay for your ransom? To set you free from sin and death and the devil and the world? Did he make you kingdom, priest and king? To serve God? To belong to God? Let me ask you, is your life meaningful or full of frustration? Let me ask you, do you worship the triune God and sing his praises, offer him spiritual sacrifices? You may ask, how can I answer this, Pastor? How can I know that I am a child of God? I am in his kingdom. I am a priest to God. I am a king. My answer is this, have you repented of your sins? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, Jesus Christ who was slain? If you have, then you belong to God and you are in Christ. If you have not repented and trusted in Christ the way we were talking about, to belong to God and serve God, if you have not, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of grace and salvation. And I say to you, repent and believe in this only Savior of the world, the Lord of all history. And if you refuse him today, if you refuse to repent, you shall face him and his wrath. He has seven horns and seven eyes irresistible, irrepressible power and wisdom. I say you will lose on the last day. You may cry out to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who can stand? Those who speak this are kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and so on. Well, we find them losing. In chapter 19, they were the mighty ones as well as the poor ones who rejected this worthy one and his offer of mercy. But he is the Lamb as though he had been slain, but he is also the lion who roars, who tears, who swallows. So listen, and I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair, come, gather together for the great supper of God, 
so that you may eat the flesh notice of kings generals and mighty men of horses and their riders and the flesh of all people free and slave small and great there is a day and it is coming Heavenly Father we praise you for telling us you are the worthy one we thank you for giving meaning to history through your son Jesus Christ without your son coming into the world history has no meaning pessimism prevails anxiety misery they are eating and drinking and making merry they are buying and selling marrying and giving in marriage planting and harvesting oh what a miserable life oh god thank you for jesus christ the lamb who is slain the lamb who purchased us you paid the price of your blood for our salvation that god may be just and justifier of all who believe in jesus and you made us kingdom lord we embrace your rule your rule is good we learn kingdom of god is righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit we thank you for making us priests we love to pray to you we love to sing your praises we love to hear your word of life hallelujah we love to give it to you and serve you we love to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice to you we thank you for granting us this direct intimate communion with you as priests thank you o lord for making us kings we reign and shall reign with you forever and ever o god help your people to rejoice in this truth and those who have never trusted in you grant them that privilege to do so that they may enjoy the riches of grace for we pray in Christ's name amen you have been listening to grace and glory audio with the final installment of the mini series entitled reality versus fantasy come back soon for more transforming bible teaching from pastor pg matthew